Welcome to the Green Edge Podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly roundup for the week ending 19th of August 2022. While many of our Green Edge posts cover the big skills related trends in the green economy, in this week's post, which went out on the 18th of August, we go to the other end of the scale and spotlight the experience of a new business setting up during the pandemic years. Wheelie Bike Shop, run by 20-year-old Michael Maiden down there in Poole, in Dorset, has been running for about a year and a half as an independent bike dealer and is making good progress despite difficult trading conditions. And Michael Cross, you've also been looking at the bigger picture in the bike market. Yes, uh, I think it's interesting that we need to have a vibrant infrastructure to support the whole move to active transport. And if you read the government documents around gear change, that's the bold vision for cycling and walking. And then we have the investment strategy for cycling and walking. And only a few days ago, uh, the toolkit for local authorities for active travel was only recently updated. And that, again, is obviously pursuing the whole piece around cycling. And that requires to have a local infrastructure that can ensure bikes and e-scooters and e-bikes are well maintained and repaired properly. Now, if you take where Michael runs his bike shop, uh, that's in the Bournemouth Christchurch and Poole local authority. They've got nine major schemes for active cycling and improving roadways uh, to actually improve the life of both the pedestrian and also the cyclist. And of course, some of those schemes are quite significant investments in terms of laying down new roads, and new cycleways. In many ways, it's about experimental traffic regulation orders, just preventing traffic and therefore freeing up the streets. Uh, it's also interesting in that uh, local authority, they have their own Bike It Plus officer, a lady called Amanda Shorey, who is a joint appointment with Sustrans to promote cycling. And part of her role is to encourage young cyclists to do it safely. And I think the whole training of cyclists is important here. And also having the technical infrastructure and the training of bike repair people is equally important. And I think that training extends to e-scooters and, and this whole area of micromobility. It very much does so. Um, and I think there's a concern of a lot of people where they've been doing pilots is the abuse of the use of some of these vehicles, e-scooters in particular, on pavements. And we've also seen the battery systems of some of those e-scooters catching fire where they've overheated in people's homes. So there are other risks associated with this. So it's not straightforward and you can't do it in a non-skilled way. The title of this week's Green Edge post is Zen and the New Art of E-Bike Maintenance. Michael Maiden, who runs Wheelie Bike Shop, is way too young to remember that particular reference. But one thing he does know is the Zen of building a new business. We've got a very loyal fan base. Um, you know, a lot of them have been acquired through social media and the sort of content we put out through that, which is kind of encompasses a whole brand identity which I, I think is probably very much a USP compared to other shops, which is, you know, I'm young. We're all about being good on a bike, fast, look cool. We go racing, get good results. And that's kind of what it's all about. Whereas other shops, 
just don't quite have that identity. They're just a place to go and get your bike fixed or to buy a bike. And also we've got excellent customer service and everything we do is top quality. Um, so yeah, we've got you know, an amazing reputation. You search up Wheelie online, all we have is five-star reviews. So yeah, certainly helps. Creating and building a cool brand is great. But Michael also knows that managing both the supply and demand ends of the value chain is critical, particularly to the lifeblood of any business, cash flow. Michael talks about this, starting with the problems of getting stock to sell in the first place. At the start of sort of the lockdown thing, the main issue was, you know, they just can't make it quick enough. But then by the end of it, it seemed to be that there just weren't enough containers. They'd managed, a lot of them had upped their production capacity, but then... They, they then had stockpiles of it sat in Taiwan and India. They just couldn't get it to the UK because they didn't have enough containers. So as soon as one problem solved, there's another. The issue that most places are having right now, which is 2020 and 21, the bike boom, everyone's thinking the bike boom would continue, ordered loads and loads of stuff, and now they've actually got to pay for it. But the demand has dropped rapidly. At Wheelie, we've had the same issue, but not quite in such a catastrophic way. Uh, We've been able to manage it, whereas I think others have got a little bit out of hand. As we say in this week's post, which you can find at greenedge.substack.com, the Bicycle Association is reporting that UK bike sales are down by as much as a quarter on pre-pandemic levels. Michael puts some meat around those particular bones. The, The enthusiast cyclists are still... You know, they're still keen. You know, over lockdown, you had a lot of people who weren't that really into cycling, but it was kind of the only thing to do. So, they, you know, they bought a bike, they bought the bits to go with, and, and bike shops could were regularly selling bikes that are worth far more than the person would normally spend. You know, someone who wants a £500 bike was potentially spending, you know, £1,500 just because it was all they could get hold of and they were desperate. At the moment, there's a lot of secondhand stuff in the bikes is up available because there are people who bought them, realise they don't use them, and now trying to flog it off. So, tricky times continue. But Michael is upbeat about the future for both wheelie bike shop and cycling, particularly e-cycling. Big trends are going to be e-bikes, e-bikes, and more e-bikes. That's going to be for both the sort of the leisure and the people who commute, but also very much for the, the serious enthusiast riders. I think the whole stigma around e-bikes being for lazy people is declining. I mean, I myself, my next bike will be an e-bike. I know so many young people who are getting the e-bikes. You know, they might have a normal bike and an e-bike, and the only one they ever ride is the e-bike. And Michael, you're back from holiday, so your holiday reading of reports is over, but your normal uh, Green Edge business reading of reports carries on apace. What have you seen this week? Well, I'd like to highlight two things uh, in this podcast. One is a consultation being run by the ONS, the Office of National Statistics, and they're doing a consultation on the definition and measuring of green jobs. And they're inviting people to make comment around us in a structured way. And if you go onto their website and we provide the links on our reports roundup, we've also done a post on LinkedIn and we'll probably even do a special post on this uh, to get people to contribute because it's vital we get the right information to allow us to work through these issues on the whole green economy and the green skills agenda. 
The second thing I'd like to highlight is a trio of reports released about London. And these reports were released at fact last year, but we've pulling them together as one little group to do with retrofitting of domestic properties in London. And they go into great detail about the mechanics, the scale, the costs of this, but they also go into the labour market aspects of this as well. And they both go into the eight core occupations that drive retrofit and the skills and also the numbers of jobs. And I think this would be useful as a template for any city that's looking to look at this in some detail. It also provides a cost breakdown by house type um, of the nature of what retrofit means. And I think people will be surprised at the scale of some of these costs. For our house, for example, in London, I think our base cost will be about £28,000 to do some of the retrofitting. That's doing the insulation work and then heat pumps. If I look at some of the other properties in the local area, they're going well past £100,000. So I think there'll be some shock numbers in there. The total bill for London is £98 billion to do the retrofit over the next 10 years for 3.7 million domestic dwellings. And those reports will be going into your reports roundup at the end of this month? Yes, they'll be fully listed with all the links for people to access the basic pieces of materials. And any people who've identified other reports and want to feed back to us, please do. We're more than happy to link in and put our reports onto our listings. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.